Anything could be a monster, and that's what's so great about it. Coming up, last month was the 40th anniversary of John Carpenter's The Thing. Today, we'll visit a gallery exhibit to learn about John Carpenter's legacy and what it can teach you about making monsters for your haunt. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunted Attraction Network podcast, we bring the industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and events. Links to everything are in the show notes. And yes, we are still accepting applications to participate in this year's Hauntathon. Okay. June 25th marked the 40th anniversary of The Thing, and that was also the opening for Sugar McGallery's Man is the Warmest Place to Hide exhibit. We went on location on opening night to speak with the curators and one of the artists about the exhibit. So you might be wondering how this all relates to you and haunted attractions. Well, Carpenter's iconic work plays with themes that are wildly prevalent today, and we'll get to all that. For this episode, I want you to see what inspiration you can draw for your work and how you can incorporate some of the elements that the artists and curators talk about. Let's begin with the two co-curators. I'm Mark Tavares. I'm Erin Hadley. I used to do special makeup effects and The Thing is an important movie to those of us in that particular career. It was groundbreaking on several levels. You know, it's an incredible story. It's uh, tension building. It deals with um, really amazing theme. It was ahead of its time in terms of the themes of disease, invasion, paranoia, distrust, and then again, the special effects, which were created by Rob Bottin, who I think was only 23 years old at the time, and a, a protege of Rick Baker's and whatnot, and they were just some of the most mind-bending transformations that we've ever seen on movies. And, and to this day, I think, it's, it's hard to be topped, you know? Uh, and it was so inspirational on that particular end to people like myself who were in the industry. For me, it was just, it opened up in 1982. It went against E.T. I personally did not like E.T. And I went to the theater and I saw the thing and I was just overwhelmed with how good it was, how concise and tight it was. Yeah. You know, even though the characters aren't built out, they're 100% built out, you know exactly who's doing what where. And we still don't know who the thing is, like, is it Childs? Is it McReady? I mean, and there are, it, you're still having conversations about it now, 40 years later, yeah. trying to figure it out. Movies like this, they've always held up a mirror to society. You can take it decades later and apply those themes and say, yep, this is what we're going through right now. That's why we also included They Live in this exhibit as well, because as, as silly as one might think, the concept of aliens who are here in disguise and slowly acclimatizing the planet to their needs and whatnot and playing on our weaknesses, it's really happening, you know? I mean, there are elite classes and whatnot, so with The Thing, I mean, that was a much more personal, much more intimate story of distrust and things like that, but it just shows how how easy we can turn against each other. You could see that throughout the decades since the movie came out, that that's how, where you can apply that. Yeah. Every artist that we approached was so excited to do their interpretation of it. Again, because of everything that was going on in our culture right now, yeah. it really, like I think the artwork is even better than it normally is. I mean, it's normally spectacular, but everyone just like brought their A plus game to this. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of love for the thing, and everyone we talk to is like, I got to be in the show. I got to be in the show. Because, I mean, 
the themes, as we've talked about, but also the imagery from the movie is so potent. I mean, it's like people remember the spider head and Norris's chest opening up, all these these amazing moments, you know, that that, that are reflected in the artwork. Make so, sure that you went, if you're coming to see the show, that you definitely look at the 3D stuff that we have on the table because it's a little hard to miss, but there's some great stuff. There's a light bulb that's painted amazing. There's a cup, there's a Elvis bust as a they live. So make sure that you're actually looking at everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of great 3D stuff in addition to the 2D stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just kind of taking your time and actually absorbing everything because there's just a lot to see. One of the things I like about this show is that the the movies are finally getting their due. Well, they've been getting their due for a while, but it's like now to see this kind of appreciation for the stuff, because back in 1982, like we were saying, you know, this movie was trounced by E.T. So was Blade Runners or a number of others, you know? It was just the summer of feel-good aliens, and so... And I, I would add on to that, that I also think that they don't necessarily get a lot of backing from bigger corporations and stuff. Yes. So I yeah. think the grassroots really coming up and supporting the movies and everyone's inspiration yeah. and how they are inspired by the movies is really important. Definitely, yeah. I've always been a horror fan. I'm also a massive movie fan. I worked in theaters when I was going through college and high school. So movies are just near and dear to my heart. And the thing was one of the ones, there are very few ones you walk into the theater and you just, you get chills after you saw it. You were just, you get so absorbed. The thing was one of them, Blade Runner was one of them. They're just ones that just stick in your mind and we watch it yearly and you can watch it again and again. That's, to me, there are some films that you love, but they have to stay in your memory because they don't hold up. And there are others that hold up. This is one of the ones that holds up every time you watch it. Yeah, it's interesting you put it that way because it's like I, we, we definitely have seen it a number of times in the theater. When I first saw it, I saw it on VHS. So the screen was cropped. I missed a ton of detail. So when I finally got to see it in its proper widescreen format, there was so much more to it. And I've discovered every time I see it, I find something new in the movie, which yep. is a thing. And you find out there are really no holes in this particular yep. movie. There's, you can't look at it and say, go, yeah, okay, I wish they had done something. To, nope. And it's, then when you find out solid. your husband hadn't seen it on the big screen, you do have to consider divorce. Ooh, because, yeah. you know, there are certain things you must see on the big screen. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> okay, next up, here's one of the artists, Kevin Smith. My name is Kevin Smith. I'm an artist, illustrator, toy designer, and I'm here at the Sugarman Gallery for The Thing, Man is the Warmest Place to Hide Gallery. This is my piece. I just called it The Thing. Uh, it's kind of my version of the poster of the film. The Thing is one of my favorite films of all time. I saw it at a very early age and it kind of changed my life as far as monster movies go. So I just kind of put my favorite parts of the movie in there, which is all the monster stuff. So I yeah. cut right to the chase. The first time I saw this film, I've never seen something change so dramatically before. And it really showed me what special effects could do. I just love the aesthetic of people changing into blobs of flesh and teeth and all sorts of nasty stuff and crab legs coming out of people's heads and it, it really just put the spark in my head of like wow i can really people really push the aesthetic of where monsters go and i i really want to try that and i it, i've kind of held on to that aesthetic in a lot of my artwork and the film came out 10 years before i was born so i didn't see it till i was around 15 or 16 and that was kind of the prime age of when i was exploring it just hit me like an asteroid i'm like oh my god where has this been all my life this is this is the stuff i really want to explore anything could be a monster and that's what's so great about it so john carpenter 
I think I really like the simplicity of his style and his filmmaking. He's never been one to try to wow the audience all the time. He saves it and he's very good at suspense that way. That shows a lot of restraint and that shows he knows what he's doing. And I respect that a lot. And uh, he doesn't think his audience is stupid. You know, he knows how to create a good scare and he likes to feed you and let you enjoy a nice quiet moment and then pow, he'll hit you with something good. And he'll repeat the process and he gives you a nice ride the whole way through. As far as the legacy he has on things today, he brought us back the slasher film yeah. genre. You know, he showed us how to, how to bring it back and do it right. As a filmmaker now, if you're trying to make something scary, look to him. Look at look at the basics he sets up, and and that's where you play, and then you push the envelope from there. So, okay, that's it for today, and we'll catch you back here tomorrow. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com/demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Hauntopic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.